Hey there, folks. Yes, sir, this story will, yes, be another three-part. And you can probably already guess what it's about, believe it or not. I'm writing a three-part for my dramatic Deltarune fanfic, just to, you know, throw something out there for you while we wait for Toby to make the actual Deltarune Chapter 2. The inspiration for this episode is from the fact that I didn't want to leave you guys at a cliffhanger. That and I'm sure you had questions as well, like, what role does Gaster have in all this? How is Kara here? And how are the trio managed to stop Chris? These will all be answered in the shocking sequel, I hope. Now, on to the story. The walk was rather silent and ominous through the winding forest path. Red trees loomed up through the sky, creating a rather thick, yet lulling and relaxing blanket of red above the sky. Yet the trio advanced through the forest of hopes and dreams, hoping to reach the Spade Castle by sundown. Well, they didn't actually know that it was sundown, but because it was always dark in the darkner world, who could really tell? Their primary goal at that moment was to get Oliver back to Snowden, his home place. Oliver had come from another world, an alternate timeline from Deltarune known as Undertale. Oliver had explained to Susie and Rousey his mission and his reason for being there, and also that he was the secret soul, the soul of hope. And after hiding from Kara for so long, he broke from his cowardly actions and stood up to track down and end Kara's demonic reign for good. Susie, the former school bully, now the more bruiser of the team, and Rousey, the prince of the darkner world, were Chris's friends before Chris became evil. Now, they continued their journey towards Spade Castle in the hopes of redirecting the Dark Fountain to Oliver's dimension. Lancer, the newly elected king of Spade Castle, was also a good friend of Susie's, if not silly and childish at the same time. When we last left our trio, they were on the run from Chris, but Susie managed to strike him down and delay his attack momentarily, but not before Chris had destroyed Rousey's home. Now, the trio walked through the forest of hopes and dreams. I'm hungry, Susie muttered. Again? Seriously, we just ate. We stopped at the bake sale and got snacks, Oliver said. There's no way you're hungry again. I'm hungry, Susie muttered even more quietly. Oh, Susie, I can stop and bake you a cake. That, or we don't have time to stop, Oliver told the two. Susie and Rousey looked up from it at Rousey's sack of chocolate bars. We have to reach Spade Castle by tonight, and Chris, need I remind you, isn't far off. We need to keep moving. He'll try to attack us first because we know we're the only people who can actually stop him. <sighs> Susie snatched a few chocolate bars and then crunched them down. Fine, whatever you say, she said through her mouth full of chocolate. All right then, off we go, Rousey whipped with joy, and the group once again set off. Even as they walked, they broke through the trees enough to gaze out over Spade Castle. And sure enough, the dark fountain still flowed, extending like a giant worm, higher and higher into the sky, until they could see it no more. Heh. Sure is beautiful from way back here, Susie said, leaning on her axe. Rousey nodded. Yes, it certainly is. Suddenly, guards surrounded them. Rudin guards. Halt! You trespassed on our land! Be gone! The battle began, the heroes on the left, guards on the right. All of them had their weapons out. Oh, goodness! Practice time! 
but before Rousey could finish, much to his shock, Oliver already seemed to know exactly what to do. He flirted, flattered, and charmed his way through all three guards, then spun in a pirouette, sparing them. Oh, and the Rudin guard, apparently the captain, stood up, clutching his head. Sorry, kids. We thought you were that violent killer on the loose. Hurry, Lancer's been asking for you. Susie stared at the guards, confused. He has? All right! I get to hang out with my radical pal again. Come on, you guys, let's go! Susie bolted down the path while Oliver and Rousey stuck with the guards. So, what's with this kid? Why does he look like your blue friend, Rousey? The captain asked. Oh, him? This is Oliver. He's from an alternate universe, another timeline that went further ahead into the future than our own. Nice to meet you, Oliver said as he shook the captain's hand, still walking through the woods. Suddenly, Oliver stopped, as if pushed back by a barrier. He heard a thump come from somewhere in the woods, almost like a heartbeat. And when he turned around, the others had vanished into thin air. Oliver was hopelessly alone in the woods. Suddenly, for no reason at all, Oliver began to walk toward a tree on the path. Huh? Hey, where am I? Then, Oliver phased through the tree into a secret area. In the center of the small room, surrounded by the void on all sides, sat a barren tree. This was nothing but a cliff, a cliff face overlooking Spade Castle. And behind the barren tree sat a man in a black cloak with a strange smile. My child, come closer. Oliver hesitated at first, for he knew this man even in his own timeline. The connection between Deltarune and Undertale. Gaster. The man who speaks in hands, who came from another world and created the world of Deltarune. And yet, Oliver was calm when approaching Gaster. For Gaster was a good friend of Oliver's, much long ago, in the past. Gaster handed him an egg, a very strange type of egg and then vanished. Oliver blinked, looking at the egg confused, and when he looked up again, he was startled to find himself walking alongside the group again. He blinked, rubbed his eyes, then looked in his bag. The egg was still there. Oliver looked at his friends, confused by what had just happened. Had Gaster made connection? But not one to be puzzled, Oliver shook it off and continued his walk, quickening his pace. Soon enough, after going back through the maze and a few death traps that they had set up in order for Chris to fail, they finally crossed the forest path and onto the road to Spade Castle. The group nimbly dodged more death traps set up for Chris and continued on their way. Kara smiled, even behind Chris's eyes. There. We have once again entered the Darkner world. It took quite a while to be certain, but we're finally here. Now what do you say about that, Gaster? Gaster once again hung from his chains, staring out at inky, empty silence. But instead, he smiled, for he was able to briefly make contact with Oliver. There was now a slim chance of hope for the Darkner world. Because as long as Kara didn't know about the egg then the Lightners could prevail against Kara. You will fall, child. I continue to fight and delay you. Again and again you fail, and Kara whipped around, holding a knife to Gasser's eye. Shut 
up. Know your place here. This is my party now. Gaster simply laughed his horrid laugh. And what would killing me do? Have you truly become so naive, witch? Without me, you cannot control this world. If you ended my suffering, you would end yourself, trapping us both in this horrid dimension. And I know for a fact you don't want to do that, now do you? Kara growled. You shut your mouth. I can control this world with but a flick of my wrist. Now be silent. We've caught their trail. Chris entered the field of hopes and dreams, brandishing his knife and sword. He still wore his blazing eye neath his hair, but his killer's smile was gone. Chris sprinted through the shadows, hacking through the trees, bushes, enemies even, anything in sight. Finally, Chris stopped at a log. He found a small candy bar resting on the log, and then he looked out over Spade Castle. You are all fools indeed, Kara said through his voice. By the time you reach the Spade Castle gates, I will have reached the Dark Fountain and seize control over both realms. Chris stared for a moment longer before running off the path, heading straight for the castle. Oliver walked in silence before he heard the crashing of bushes. He instantly spun, drawing his sword and shield, a steeled expression on his face. Susie, Ralsei, and the Rudin guards, all aware of Chris's presence, drew their weapons. And when Chris entered the clearing, they charged as one, yelling as loud as they could. But Kara instead had a new tactic. She went only for Oliver, the swordsman. Oliver clashed against knife and sword, grinning his teeth. They danced back and forth, slashing, blocking, and clashing. Susie and Rousey tried to run forth and help Oliver, but Kara only blew them backwards. Kara then turned. You're mine for the taking. After all, this poor soul is worthless. But you. Kara again threw knives toward Oliver, but he parried and blocked them with his shield. Gaster stared through Chris's eyes. Please, Oliver, he muttered. I know you would never kill anyone out of anger, but you know what you must do. Yet Oliver seemed to understand perfectly. He side-rolled away from Kara's air attack, then curled and slashed up, cutting Chris in half. No! Kara screamed, but it was too late. Chris's heart shattered again, and he dissolved to dust, resetting in hometown. Oliver sighed, wiping the sweat from his brow. Thanks, G. I'll see you soon, if I live hard enough. Susie, Rousey, and the Rudin guards all came up the hill. Oliver, you're all right. Where's Chris? Oliver held up his sword, which was covered in a mix of blood and dust, and some rust. I think I took care of him, but only for a moment. Chris once again stood up, angered, and then walked up the hill. Oliver shook it off, and then it put his sword back in his sheath. But only for a moment. We need someone who can actually kill Chris over and over. Someone who won't screw up accidentally like we could. Oliver turned to look out at Spade Castle. Well, who do you have in mind, Oliver? Rousey asked. There's a guy in my world named Sands. He's pretty powerful, Oliver said, nodding and smiling. But we need something better, and I think he won't fail as often. Susie frowned in disgust. You seriously want to call in Jevil? That dude's a creep, not to mention more than a little insane. Oliver sighed, looking down at the ground and his boots. Yes, I know. But we have no choice but to trust him at this point. If we don't, 
then we have to deal with Chris on our own. Rosie looked down at the checkered flooring. Sorry, Susie, but I'm with Oliver on this one. What do you mean, sorry? I'm in as well. Oliver turned to the group, then nodded. Great. Let's go open the lion's cage. Again. With that, the group set off once more, this time determined to end their foe once and for all. Thanks for listening again, everyone. No new announcements this time. I already covered most of them back in chapter one of two. But I did want to say that these next few stories will contain massive spoilers for Deltarune chapter one. So if you haven't played the game, then I beg of you, I beg of you, don't go listening to these. Play the game first, then come back to the podcast. And really, that's all I have to say for now. Until then, as always, stay safe and have a great next few days.